you could ever need starting right now welcome back to 889 the bridge we're here with another episode of the water break and yes we are not quite back into the studio yet but we're still recording and this is our second episode of the new year uh accompanied by our brand new host Cy. so there's four of us now and i think mclean's going to start us off with some baseball yeah, we're going to start uh, a 5-5 five and five segment where we talk about five different sports in five minutes. So I'm just going to bring you the quick-hitting baseball news. Will, you're breathing awful loud, man. I'm going to bring you, um, you know, baseball headlines. Uh, this week, the Tampa Bay Rays, um, Oakland Athletics, and Chicago White Sox all clinched the playoffs, um, cementing what are likely going to be the top three seeds from the American League. Um, also, your hometown Seattle Mariners hit a rough patch and dropped a couple of games to the Giants, which makes their series against the Houston Astros very important for their playoff position. You guys want to talk about another sport now? Got to get this done in five minutes. Well, sure, I can certainly kick it off with hockey because there's been a lot of good stuff going on recently. And, I mean, if you didn't see, Islanders did end up losing in overtime by a beautiful goal. Uh, Anthony Sorelli scored to put the Lightning up 2-1 to one and finish the series. So now it looks like we're going to have Stars-Lightning in the Stanley Cup Final, which is not what I thought. Uh, I did not think the Stars would even make it past the first round. But here they are. Uh, my prediction so far is that it's going to be an absolute blowout for the Lightning, but you never know. The Stars have certainly surprised me when they beat Colorado, and even further when they beat Vegas, so I think they can do anything now. Yeah. And the Lightning have just proved to be an absolute powerhouse of a team. They've basically blown through all their opponents. The closest series they had so far was Columbus, and even still, they dominated almost all those games. I'll admit, so, yeah. I doubted the Stars early on in the playoffs, and they're making me look stupid now. Totally. Um, I I couldn't see them beating the Flames. The Flames are a big physical team, and I thought they would definitely dominate the Stars, but no, Stars managed to destroy them, move through, and then they beat the Avalanche, who I had winning the Cup this year. Anyways, right. uh, on to our next sport. Next right. sport? Yeah, I can do a little bit of soccer. Um, there's not too much, but I think the main thing for this week is that the Sounders are re-signing Brad Smith, um, who 
actually won uh, the MLS Cup with the Sounders before, and he was playing for AFC Burnmouth um, last year, but they just re-signed him. And uh, so that's pretty exciting. And um, the Sounders actually have a game tonight at 7 p.m. against uh, LAFC, who is another really good team. They're fifth in the Western Conference right now. And Seattle is second, which is pretty good, uh, followed with Minnesota and FC Dallas. And then Sporting Kansas City is number one in the Western Conference. And then uh, English Premier League, we have our first week going on still. There's four teams yet to play a game. Aston Villa, Burnley, Manchester City, and Manchester United. And uh, the last, all those games are going to be happening tomorrow and Sunday and Monday. So we have quite a few games coming up that are going to be good. All and right, yeah, big week for good. soccer. Now let's hear what Sai has to say about basketball. Hey, guys, what's up? And uh, the NBA has gone full 2020 on us <laughs> this year. Um, the Denver Nuggets climbed out of a 3-1 deficit against the Clippers, which was crazy. Um, and now they're going to be playing the Lakers and LeBron James in the Western Conference Finals. So that'll be very interesting to watch. Um, and Boston beat Toronto in a crazy Game 7. And so they'll be playing Miami right now. And Miami's up 2-0 in the series, which is very surprising. Yeah, those Heat are surprising a lot of people. I mean, Jimmy Butler is proving time and again why he should be considered one of the premier players in this league. And, I mean, he's he's just a great player. Do-it-all guy for the Heat. Yeah, Jimmy Butler has really um, helped out the team a lot with this veteran presence. But you can't count out the Celtics yet because... They still have their star, Jason Tatum. They have Marcus Smart, the guy who's going to go get those rebounds, do the dirty work. And uh, you can never count a team out as demonstrated by the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, well, the NBA has been crazy this year. Not nearly as crazy as week one of the NFL season. Now, guys, yesterday we saw on Thursday night um, the Bengals and the Browns. What did we think about that game? Joe Burrow went off. Three touchdowns, almost, I think, 300, uh, more than 300 yards. Joe Burrow, man, he threw 61 passes. You know, he's got to be icing his shoulder right now. Yeah, that was a really good game. I mean, the Browns just played super well, and we haven't seen them play like that for a really long time. So I think it's really good to see them playing super well. Yeah, the Browns, uh, they played quite good football. Joe Burrow, it really felt by that second half, once he started to get down by one or two scores, it really felt like he was playing a more Matthew Stafford brand of hero ball, you know, hanging back in the pocket uh, against that Browns front and, you know, slinging the ball down the field to, a, you know, all of his receivers' tight ends. Uh, he really tried to put that team on his back. He showed why he should have been the first overall pick. You know, it was a great performance by Joe Burrow. Yeah, for sure. And OBJ got his 14th 40-plus yard down. So that's an interesting statistic for today. He got his 14th big play touchdown. And then, of course, those Browns running backs, they uh, kind of stole the show too. I mean, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, I think they each added two scores and 100 total yards. Of course, Chubb got most of the work on the ground while Hunt got most of the work through the air. I mean... 
What they did as a one-two punch of running backs, the Bengals' defense just did not have an answer. Yeah, uh, kind of unfortunate for me. I actually played Nick Chubb in two fantasy leagues this week, and he <laughs> he did really well, to be honest. 24 points, I believe, in non-PPR, and it might have been a bit higher in PPR. So he had a crazy game, unfortunately. So I'm, a bit, I'm in a bit of a hole in both my leagues, but <laughs> hopefully I'll climb out. Yeah, and hey, speaking of fantasy football, I'm actually in a shallow ball league, which for those of you that don't know, means you have half the bench strength that you normally do. So in a standard league, you've got uh, six or seven spots on the bench. In this league, it's a 10-team league, but there's three bench spots, which means that you're really you're hosed if one of your starters gets injured, because you don't really have a long bench on which to stash them. In that league, I own Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin, George Kittle, and Jamison Crowder. Yeah, it's a, t- it's a tough run for McLean in that league. Uh, he actually ended up trading for both Godwin and Thomas in the same trade. Yeah. And so far, that has not paid dividends for him. No, at not at all. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm hosed in that league. Um so if anybody is in that league and they want to trade me somebody that I can, you know, some receiver that I can put on my team just to, you know, score some points this week, I want to get more than zero. That's the goal. Well, I have Devontae Adams. I'll, I'll trade for him. I'll do it. Although you actually, you had Chubb. You were, because I'm playing I had Chubb. this week and you had Chubb for 25.8 points. That is nothing to complain about. I had Mixon who barely scraped out mm. 10 he got 10 points I mean, yeah he, so chubb got he got you know 25.8 and we play half ppr so of course he didn't get much receiving work so it's not like that mattered um, but uh, i i just need a second receiver to uh to give me something resembling points yeah you know? i mean you have mclaurin who's not bad but i got yeah scary terry but he's the only That's healthy receiver yeah. on my <laughs> roster I don't know. I have uh, Jonathan Taylor in this week, who's going to be a bit of a gamble. I've heard a lot of good things about him, at least in the future. And now that Marlon Mack is injured for at least a long time, uh, he should be the Colts' number one guy by a long shot. So I'm going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how he turns out. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor, Naeem Hines could get work. Um, I expect um, the situation there will be similar to what the Browns did on Thursday night, where they'll have one guy taking a lot of the groundwork and another guy working in through the air. I I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that Colts backfield shakes out. Um, It'll be really interesting. I mean, of course, this Colts team just coming off of a loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, yeah. can't be much to celebrate there. I mean, but they are going to play against the Vikings defense, who actually did so terrible last week against the Green Bay Packers. So, you know, they have a chance against the defense. Yeah, Creed ignoring his Vikings bias. Oh, nice yeah, job, no, Creed. I, I have to do it sometime. You know? Way to deliver unbiased reporting. Yep. This is biased, unbiased reporting, actually. So. Okay, checks out. Yeah, yeah I... But- I gotta say, I was high on the Vikings defense. I was like, ooh, Yannick Ngakwe could be the missing piece for them. He's gonna fill Everson Griffin's shoes. And then he didn't. Yeah. I mean, part of it, too, is, like, first game of the year, everything's, like, so much different with all the new stuff that's put in for COVID and then just not playing for so long, too. So it could be part of it just playing against a really good team and being out of it for so long. Part of it could just be, oh, we aren't good anymore on defense. Hope isn't the case because... 
I know for a fact the Vikings have good players on defense, but they just need to find a way to work together. Well, I mean, Minnesota, they uh, they lost a lot of talent in their secondary. I mean, Harrison Smith is back, but other than him, I can't think of another DB that's returning. I'm sure Creed can, but like... Uh, not right now. Okay, I'm sure Creed can't. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, I mean... There's a lot of turnover. Trey Waynes and Xavier Rhodes are both out of that defense, so which leaves a lot of question marks at the cornerback spot. Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously that was evident. You know, Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard both gashed the defense uh, last Sunday against the Packers. Yeah. I mean, Devontae Adams, he scored, what, two touchdowns and 150-something yards? And Lazard didn't have yeah. too bad a line either. I mean, didn't. Adams get like 41.2 fantasy points. Oh, yeah, he had a lot of fantasy points. Yeah, yeah it, was a, it was about 40. So it was big production from him. It was, I had him last week. It was something in the range of 42, uh, depending on whether you play PPR or not. It, it was yeah. crazy. It was crazy. Uh, yeah. Random thing. Um, have any of you guys played Subway Surfers? I have played this, Subway Surfers, yes. Okay, this yeah. isn't a sport, Creed. No, a long time ago. NFL. They're having a um, NFL thing, so they have a bunch of NFL players that you can get as characters now, which is pretty cool. So they've got, like, OBJ, Barkley. If I play as Tyreek Hill, do I run faster? No, but you can play as Lamar. And, yeah. And, for some reason, they have Dak Prescott. But, you know. I guess. I guess. Yeah, that's pretty interesting, Creed. That's that's interesting. Good good news reporting, Creed. Nice job. Yeah. Back to week one matchups, though. Yeah. Um, the Titans versus Broncos. Gostkowski missed three field goals. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure everyone who follows the Titans has seen the statistic that, you know, Gostkowski entered the game as the fifth most accurate kicker by percentage in NFL history, and he exited the game as the ninth. I mean, it was crazy. It was crazy. I mean, Dan Bailey passed him, and I don't even think he was on a week one roster. Is Dan Bailey on a team right now? I forgot. He's a kicker. Um, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think so. I'm, I'm pretty sure the that, Cowboys actually. dropped him. Was he on the Cowboys? He was on the Cowboys for a long time. Oh, um, Dan Bailey is an American football place kicker for the Minnesota Vikings. Ah, Vikings, okay. So he's still kicking for the Vikings, which, of course, they didn't attempt too many field goals. So, you know, I mean, Cousins was playing hero ball, trying to, you know, miracle the Vikings back into it. I mean, Adam Thielen didn't do bad either. He had a great game. I mean, Adam Thielen, he did have a game. He a couple of scores. did well. Our defense did not. Yeah, the defense got gashed, which is, I guess, what happens when you've got a lot of turnover on defense and then no full contact practices to, you know, learn your new defense because of coronavirus. It's it's difficult. It's difficult. Okay, I have I have an interesting question for you guys. Yeah. So I know you all saw Mitchell Trubisky week one, his performance. What do you think that the future holds for him? I think Mitch Trubisky was the beneficiary of, you know, having good receiving talent. This is probably the best receiving core he's had in his career. And the Lions secondary just being awful. I mean, they're out Darius Slay. Glover Quinn retired. 
um, and they traded away Quandre Diggs um, last season, plus um, Desmond Trufant and Justin Coleman had to leave that game halfway through with injuries. I mean, they were... They, they were essentially running out a, a practice squad secondary. Though I think the Lions should have won that game. That drop pass in the end zone? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I think so. Well, you know, I've been a longtime uh, apologist for Matthew Stafford. It's every week, every year, it feels like the uh, there's some trade rumors that the Lions are going to ship him away at the deadline and rebuild their team. Um, but I think that... You know, if, of course, everyone can stay healthy on defense and if Jamie Collins can produce and be the pass rusher that he was in New England, I think that, um, you know, the Lions could sneak into the playoffs in the seventh seed this year. I'm, I don't know. Uh, obviously, if they keep playing like they did in week one, that's not going to happen. Uh, but they were able to build up a big lead. I think Mitch Trubisky is still uh, what he's shown himself to be time and again, which is, you know, a below average quarterback who's good at, you know, evading sacks and making safe throws. Uh, but when he tries to push the ball down the field against a good defense, I think we'll get more of the same. I predict that, you know, this week one matchup is the outlier. We'll see Foles on the field by Halloween. By Halloween? That's yeah. pretty early. And one other thing, too, I want to know your opinion on the Tom Brady situation. I know he didn't have the best of games in Tampa. Do you think that was just him adjusting to a new team, a new system, or do you think it's just because he's a system quarterback? All right, well, nobody else is talking, so... <laughs> That was a question for you. Oh, was that a question for me, Will? I mean, it can be. It's kind of just directed to everyone. I want to hear you guys' opinions this on that. This is what's though. hard. Since we're all at home, Will can't look at any one of us, tell us to answer the question. Um, yeah. You know, so I'll, I'll throw my two cents in. You know, obviously, we saw an example of this last year when Jameis Winston was in year one under Bruce Arians. Um, Arians runs a high-tempo offense that makes the quarterback take a lot of... I'll say it's stupid risks. You know, Bruce Arians quarterbacks throw a lot of picks. They throw for a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns, sure. But they also throw for a lot of picks. You know, Bruce Arians does not uh, allow his quarterbacks to check it down or make the safe throw, which is, of course, one of Tom Brady's strengths. Um, so... You know, under Arians, obviously you're going to get a lot of picks. And obviously when you're a new quarterback learning a new offensive scheme for the first time in 20 years, that's going to come with some picks. The Saints defense is very good, and they added Malcolm Jenkins in the offseason, so they managed to get even better. Yeah. I think that um, we're going to see a lot of this from Tom Brady, but I think that the Bucks. They will, and they should hold on to him for another year. If he manages to, you know, keep churning out performances like this into the 2021 season, I don't think he's the answer, and it's time to move on. You know, trade for Chase Daniel, give him the starter's job or something. Turn to some journeyman backup with a big arm. Maybe that's Paxton Lynch. I don't know. Yeah, I was kind of confused when they picked him up. I mean, not that he's a bad player, because I think most teams would take the opportunity to grab him if they could. But I wouldn't say the Buccaneers are necessarily in a win-now position, much like other teams that could have used him. Uh, whereas Brady wants to go somewhere to win, right? And the, he clearly realized the Patriots aren't going to be doing that in the next couple of years. 
So why why Tampa? Is it money? Well, you think? Because he's I mean he's crazy rich, but I just don't see I can't see why he would want to go to Tampa. Maybe nice weather or something, but there's my not guess that was... a promise there. You you got to take into account that Leonard Fournette was out this week. He's still learning the playbook and. Mike Evans didn't have a good performance, but I don't think that's going to happen again because he is a very good player. He's probably going to bounce back. Oh, sure. And, um, yeah, I, I don't think you should just count out the Buccaneers just yet because I feel like also Brady's the GOAT. He's going he's gonna <laughs> to figure something out. I don't think anyone's riding off Tampa yet. I think there's the the names on this team. They've definitely got that name recognition. They got guys who are going to you know get a 90 overall in Madden. I think Tom Brady, he probably went to Tampa for the chance to obviously work with Bruce Arians, who is one of the best quarterbacks coaches the league has ever seen. You know, I honestly couldn't think of a better, you know, team with any questions at quarterback for him to go to. And I think that, um, you know, he also got the chance to work with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, who are both... um, guys who had a great season last year and that was with you know Jameis 30 picks throwing the football yeah it so is, it's his first season playing with multiple good receivers besides just Edelman like I yeah. would definitely consider both of those guys to be above Edelman and way way above Amendola so I don't oh, know sure I mean I I'd say that Mike Evans is the best receiver Tom Brady has played with since he shared a locker room with Randy Moss undoubtedly yeah, yeah. Man, Creed just, like, attaches yeah, his just... heart to every player who, you know, suits up for the Vikings for half a game. Yeah, that, that's how it exactly. works. Exactly. You mentioned yeah. Brett Favre around no. him, and he's like, oh, my God, I love Brett Favre so much. No, that's yeah. because I went to his last game. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I remember you yeah. told this story on the show a couple of years back. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, also, I like Randy Moss because I randomly have a Randy Moss stuffed animal bear. That really? <laughs> quite a while ago. And I just huh. found it the other day. So I was like, oh, that's cool. So, you know. Anyway, he was a great player. Well, that's pretty yeah. cool. I mean, Randy yeah, Moss, like he's... patch named after him, too. Like, getting Moss is a thing now, so... Yeah, sure. I don't I know. Don't know. I, I find it ironic that Creed likes Favre so much, even you know, when considering he spent a large, large amount of his career with the rival of the Vikings. Yeah. I don't know, like, I think that would be one of your least favorite players, if I were to choose, yeah, but, but I don't he know. Converted to the, he converted to the light side. He came back to the light side, I, I guess, I guess, if you're he an optimist. Alright, so I've got one more question for you guys. Cardinals upset victory over the 49ers, is that anything? Oh yeah, I think yeah. the Cardinals. I mean, I already thought before the season started that the Cardinals were going to be a contender. In fact, that's who I picked as my sleeper. Even though they're not much of a sleeper, I still thought they could have a good chance. Um, but proving that they can hang and even beat the 49ers is crazy. I mean, yeah, 49ers are easily one of the best teams in the league, and for them to be able to stay up there with them the entire time and then end up pulling out the win is crazy. I think they have a good shot to win it this year and i'm kind of scared for the seahawks now i mean the nfc west all four of those teams were you know obviously going to be guys who are going to be a tough out i don't think there's any easy win in that division 
Um, you know, people were quick to write off the Rams in the preseason, but we all forget that they're just a year removed from a Super Bowl run. They've still got Aaron Donald making magic. Um, you know, they could win the division. It wouldn't surprise me. What I think the Cardinals did, I don't think that's a fluke. You know, when you look at their game performance, you got Kyler to DeAndre Hopkins working really well. The defense um, was punching above their weight class for sure. I mean, that was expected to be the Achilles heel of this team, particularly the middle. But uh, Buda Baker had a nice game. Chandler Jones had some disruption up front. So, I mean, this, this Cardinals team, they could be for real. They could be for real. So what do you guys think of um, the Seahawks versus Patriots matchup this Sunday? game to watch i'm clearing my whole schedule i'm gonna you know completely turn off my phone for that game if anybody wants to hit me up uh between 5 10 and 8 10 east i mean eastern 5 10 and 8 10 pacific that's 8 to 11 eastern for you guys keeping track you know that that's that's between you and my voicemail box um yeah for sure Alright, Will, your mic is being funny. Are you, like, unplugging that or something? Oh, rubbing something against I'm, it? I'm unmuting it and muting it whenever I talk, because I know you guys were saying about the breath is really loud. I don't know why this mic, it kind of is, it's questionable. It's um, questionable. Well, yeah, I mean, that's some of the struggles, you know, recording from home. I mean, obviously, this is a PlayStation headset. I'm <laughs> not exactly yeah. dealing with the same professional quality stuff we're used to. Um I mean, this is the kind of mic that you'd hear from some, like, nine-year-old kid in a Call of Duty lobby that just screams <laughs> into it constantly, and it's super, like, cracking. Yeah. You can't hear anything. It's that kind of mic. But it's okay. It works. You can hear me, kind of. Yeah, well, you're, you're getting your points across. Um, so do you guys think that this Seahawks versus Patriots matchup, do you think that we could be seeing an Offensive Player of the Year preview? If it's if it's Russell Wilson, then yes. Uh, but besides that, not really. Yeah, I that's mean, for sure. With, you don't you don't believe in Cam Newton? I, I don't know. I believe in him, but not to that extent. I don't think he's near I that level yet. Last last week he ran way too much. That's not sustainable. He's got to get in the pocket and throw the ball, and we haven't seen much of that yet. So. It'll be interesting against the Seahawks with Jamal Adams because he's probably going to shut down any QB runs that Cam tries. Jamal Adams has proven great at shutting down QB runs. And, um, you know, the last time the Seahawks played a game against a great mobile quarterback, though, I mean, Lamar Jackson last year, he ran all over them. You know, he had a couple of scores. He put up, I think, almost a hundred on the ground. I'm um, this Seahawks team. I mean, when when KJ Wright and Bobby Wagner were younger um, and more mobile, they could get around easier and shut down those mobile quarterbacks. But this is a team that, against the Falcons, against an immobile quarterback like Matt Ryan, they struggled to generate pressure, which was to be expected, you know, with the ragtag bunch of misfits they're rolling out there on the D-line. Um, and, you know, the linebackers, they weren't exactly fast. You know, they were still, you know, big hitting tacklers, KJ and Bobby are, but I think they might have lost a step or two, both of them, as they, as they age. Uh, what do you guys think? Reed, do you think uh, the Seahawks defense will be able to shut down Cam? Um, I honestly don't know. I think that the Seahawks defense probably could. I mean, Cam Newton is getting older, but he's still super good. Um, 
at what he does, and honestly, I'm unsure right now of what's gonna happen. Okay, so we got one vote for unsure. <laughs> well, no, I said that they probably could, but I'm like unsure of the whole end of it. Yeah, I think I'd shut him down if needed. Yeah, for this week, I don't really believe in the Patriots at all. I think I think the Seahawks are gonna shut him down. Yeah, I, I can see that happening too, and I've really loved watching Jamal Adams this past weekend. He's been amazing, basically everything I was expecting him to be, and I feel like he kind of fills the shoes that Cam Chancellor left a few years ago, uh, which is obviously it's a huge part of our defense. So yeah, I think they're going to have no problem shutting down Cam Newton. All right, so what are your guys' final score predictions for the game? Seahawks and Patriots, what do you guys think the score is going to be? Well... I, I think the Seahawks could put up some points against the Patriots. I would say maybe 30-ish to about 15. 30-ish to about 15, all for, right. For the Seahawks. Okay, in favor of the Seahawks. What about you, Cy? What do you think? Um. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure the Seahawks are going to put some points on the board, but uh, I'd probably have to say maybe 14 to 27. 27 to 14 in favor of Seattle? Yep. All right, Creed, what do you think? Uh, 28-21 Seattle. Okay, so you're all taking Seattle. I'm going to I'm going to get bold. I'm going to say that the Patriots get it. I'm going to say the Patriots take one from Seattle. And keep in mind, this is something that I never do. I think since I became a sports radio guy, I don't think I've ever um, you know, said that I was going to predict a game against the Seahawks at home in primetime. You know, Carroll shines when the lights are on. I, but I think that Bill Belichick is going to figure out a way to get Cam the ball with two minutes to go. I think they take it down, kick a field goal, and um, I think they win the game. I'm going to say 22-21. to 21. That's going to be my final score. I think Seattle will struggle to move the ball. I think they'll struggle to protect Russell Wilson against the front of that Patriots defense. I think Stephon Gilmore and J.C. Jackson can shut down Lockett and Metcalf. And I think the Patriots will, you know, emerge with a hard-fought victory. I definitely, however, think this will be an entertaining game to watch. You know, Wilson is going to put on a show. Uh, Chris Carson, I expect he'll have, you know, the kind of day we're used to seeing him have. And I think we'll see some fireworks on the other side from Cam Newton. Interesting. But I don't think I've ever seen you bet against the Seahawks, especially in recent years because they've actually been good. But aside from that, I always have a thing where I'm not going to go against my hometown team. Like, for whatever reason, I'll pick the Canucks like I picked the Canucks to win the Super Bowl and a bunch of things or, or Stanley Cup sorry and a bunch <laughs> yeah. of things touchdown and, Michael Jordan oh yeah <laughs> I mean unfortunately that didn't happen but I love is and especially this translates to fantasy football too I love picking fantasy players from my team and I know that doesn't always happen it's hard to get all the, all the players you want uh, but it's fun rooting for players in multiple ways because one of the biggest criticisms for fantasy I have is rooting against your team just because you want one player to do well. I hate I hate that so much, yeah. but unfortunately, it kind of is a part of fantasy. Oh, yeah, same. I started um, Hayden Hurst, the tight end for the Falcons, against the, uh, the Seahawks last week. 
Um, I had, there was one play, Hayden Hurst was the target and Shaquille Griffin, he made an awesome uh, pass bat down, he was in coverage, and I was like, oh yeah, Shaquille Griffin, oh, that was Hurst, wasn't it? And I just had, you know, stood at my TV for 10 seconds, having a full-blown, you know, personal existential crisis, like, who am I? So that was fun, that was fun, that was a good experience. Um, so we're running a little long, do you guys want to uh, get in any last thoughts about sports before we wrap it up? Well, I just wanted to ask you what you think the end of the Vikings game is going to be like. Because, you know, I kind of have to ask that. The end of the Vikings game. I predict they'll lose. Wow. Colts, all the way. Even though they lost terribly last week? To the Jags? Yeah. Well, Phillip Rivers didn't know the offense. I'm taking the Colts. Yeah, same. Yeah, definitely Colts. Especially, I mean, I am rooting for Taylor because I do have him on my fantasy team. But yeah, I'd love to see them win, and I definitely think they are capable of doing that too. All right. Well, we managed to talk a lot of football and give you some updates on some other sports. Thank you guys for listening into the water break, and we'll see you guys next week at this time. Keep listening on 88.9 The Bridge for music and conversation that spans generations.